New Year, New You, Brand New Crypto Weekly. Welcome to episode 96, the first edition of Crypto Weekly 2020. Soleimani looked disgusting with his organs protruding in his torn rags before the world media. Very, very disrespectful. This week in the crypto news, McAfee will not be eating his penis. Law enforcement requests to Kraken are on the increase. Bitcoin, gold and oil prices shoot up in the wake of Donny T shooting down. And Binance launches leveraged XRP trading. Bankrupt cripples incoming. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly and maybe help support the show. You will also be seeing us on a little known, soon to be well-known crypto news channel called CoinHQ TV. And we'll be linking all our newest episodes through the CoinHQ TV website from now on. Take a look at some cool shows, but mainly our show, because we are dope. TV doesn't really work for our format. No, it doesn't. And we will continue to be carrying out a podcast every single week. Maybe we'll do a live stream of no video, only audio. Mm. I think we could just do a video stream of our feet. An aquarium. That would be just talking cool. over it. Yeah, yeah that would nice. be very nice. Um, oh, we yeah. could actually, we could genuinely get a small aquarium live mm. stream with five fish in it, mm. named after each of us. <laughs> I like it. And then once a week, you will have the podcast overlaid onto it. Mm. Can mine be an octopus, Ken? Yours can be an octopus, Prince, and I think awesome. that's a great, great There's idea. There's a big-brained um, <laughs> yeah. uh, species you've chosen there. Crypto like- beak could be um, one of those Siamese fighting fish. Yeah, just picks fights with all the other fish. Yeah, I'm 100 going to be a dory, the the, <laughs> the the fish from Finding Nemo. They're pretty cool. Want to forget <laughs> everything every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. What's yours going to be, Ken? If we could fit a barracuda in, wow, a barracuda, wow. But I don't think we're going to be able to. And Bublé's going to be one of the turtles from uh, oh, Finding Nemo. Yes. You know, one yeah. of the cool dudes riding yeah. on the yeah, definitely. Like, That'd be dope. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, or if we have to go small, probably a clownfish to go with the whole Nemo meme. Mm. Mm. Cool. Mm. Well, we know where the Patreon money's going <laughs> for this for the next seven months by the sound of things. <laughs> All right. Uh, you've heard everyone already, but we are joined in the studio by Mr. Jordy Prince to my left. Hello. What are you drinking, friend? I am holding in my left hand, Ken, as I'm contractually obliged to every show, a delicious can of Brewdog Punk IPA. However, as tempting as it is to open it and enjoy the refreshing taste... I cannot because I'm on dry January. Do you know what we should do for next week? We should get you a Brewdog non-alcoholic offering. Oh, you're so right, Ken. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll sort that next week. Nice. Dr. P Money to my front. Howdy. How are you doing, friend? I'm all right. Uh, The Bitcoin Buble is in the shivering wastelands of the north, so could not make it here today. And I believe the Beak is missing his first ever episode. Wow. I believe episode 96 is the first one that the Beak has not made it to. He didn't he make it is to 100. wrapped up, shivering in his sickbed. Or maybe sweating. I don't know the nature of the illness. You all know more, Mr. Prince. I'm, I know nothing more than you can, oh, well, I'm afraid. Oof. But our, uh, yeah, get well soon, big guy. <laughs> Under the weather. See you next week, Mr. Crypto Beak, most likely. But without further ado, it's time to get started with the news. 
the most important news to come out this week is that we have a liar amongst us, crypto friends. There is a LARPer afoot, <laughs> and he goes by the name of John McAfee. For the past two years, we've all assumed, because he's mental, that his claim that he would eat his penis if Bitcoin did not make it to a million dollars... By the, is it the end of 2020? End of, yeah, 31st of December 2020. That he would eat his own penis. Now, he's come out this week and said that was obviously a joke to try and get new people interested in cryptocurrency. He's not submitted a public apology. And to be honest, I'm quite upset. This is the only reason this podcast is still going. <laughs> the only reason any of us <laughs> are still interested. And now that carrot has been torn from us. Well... Mm. Not torn from him. Mm. Not torn from him. No. Unfortunately. No. Mm. Rather than say I was wrong about my prediction, he said you're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Correct. Yeah. Okay, Correct. nice. Okay. In a really, really cringe and disingenuous fashion. He was trying to be he was trying to be cool about it and he couldn't have looked less cool. It was pathetic. Yeah, but if you watched him any videos with him in it, he he looks uncool in all of them. Yeah, I feel like I don't think he's always been like that, though. I feel like it's been a steady downward trend into the depths of cringe for McAfee. I think it's and just this because is, he's becoming an old man. Yeah, maybe, but he was pretty old when he started all this shit, mm. and he wasn't always. I'm not saying he was the coolest kid in the world, but he wasn't as bad as he is now. We're hitting all time highs for cringe, lows for cool, Ken. He's always struck me as somebody that is. Um, he tries to look like a tough guy. Mm, exactly. It's try and, hard, and it and it, sh- and it shows. Yeah. Whereas that you know there are people that appear to be tough guys that play it down, mm. and and actually the playing down of being a tough guy sort of reinforces it. One hundred percent, you're right. McAfee's the exact opposite of what you just described. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a gambling man, Ken. I do. And if there's one thing you don't do in the world of gambling, it's Welch. What's and that's Welch. What, Please that's, define the word Welch. That's when you say like. So if you say to me, Ken, um, let's go and play a round of golf and we'll play $1,000 a hole and then we'll settle up after the end. And then you, I would assume, are excellent at golf and I'm really shit at it. And I go, oh, all right, fine, whatever. And then I owe you like $340,000 by the end of the round of golf. And then I'm like, yeah, about that big guy. Um, Yeah, I'm just not going to pay. That, that is welching and that is what Mac, that is the dirtiest word in the world of gambling if you're a welcher your reputation is worth nothing and that is this is what McAfee has done to us all by refusing to eat his dick he's <laughs> welch you had one thing to do John serious you could have at least just gone foreskin gone, look, that, yeah like that. I assumed he would get out of it that way <laughs> yeah he's, he's, like he's, he's batshit enough that he would do something weird like that maybe he was actually concerned if he carried it on he would take enough drugs nearer the time that he'd actually do it. Yeah, you see, I think I think the reason we're all so disappointed is because we all thought there was so very small, but some chance this could happen. Like, obviously, we know Bitcoin isn't going to be a million dollars, but McAfee is mental enough to do some shit like this. So, And now it's been revealed that he's way more boring than we all thought he was, so... I don't know. He also had a chance to, like... Even if he didn't eat his own dick, he, he could have done... He could have been creative with it. I feel like yeah. he could have done something to redeem himself, but he went for his fucking cringe tweet instead, and it just it just hasn't. He, hasn't could, have, he could have eaten an animal's penis and gone. I own this penis. I bought it. 
Therefore, yeah. I'm eating my penis. Yeah, exactly. Like my spirit animals are lying or whatever, yeah. and now I'm eating a yeah. Something or he could like have that. he could have taken a cast of his yeah yeah and, and made a. Cake There's a lot out of, of avenues. There's a lot of yeah. avenues out of this. Actually, that would have been that would have been hilarious. Yes, in fact, him eat, taking a knife and fork to a mould cake of his own penis. Yeah, would have been. He would have got. Let, he would have got off the hook. Exactly. That. It would have been way less of yeah. a letdown. It probably yeah. still would have been a letdown, but mm. way less than tweeting out. Eat my dick in 12 months. A ruse to onboard new users. Mm. It worked. Bitcoin was first. It's an ancient technology. All know it. This reminds me of Roy, actually. <laughs> I was about to say exactly that. Hold tight, Roy. Newer blockchains have privacy, smart contracts, distributed apps, and more. Bitcoin is our future? Question mark. Was the Model T the future of the automobile? Question mark. He's Cringe. got us there. Cringe, McAfee. Yeah, and then he went on to um, just yeah say things like, oh yeah, in replies to the rightful torrent of abuse he got on Twitter, he he uh, said things like this: "Wake the fuck up! What idiot thinks anyone is going to eat their own dick ever, especially on TV? Are you that idiot? God, I hope none of <laughs> God, I hope none of my followers are that stupid. I, can't, I hope none of my followers are that idiot. Yeah. <laughs> are you that idiot? Mental. Uh, poor. Well, that's it. We're not talking about John McAfee any longer, and we will never talk about him ever again on this podcast. So help me, Moloch. Or if we do, we'll eat our dick live on TV. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to the actual biggest news from this week, and that is the prices of Bitcoin, gold, and oil skyrocketing because of a rocket that fell out of the sky. Nice. That's two in a row, Ken. It is. Best in the business. Yeah. News this week out of Iraq that a rocket fired by Donny T's fat finger fell on General Soleimani, I believe it's pronounced. Of Iran and oil prices, gold prices, Bitcoin prices, all increase. Yeah. So how do we want to do this one, Ken? Do we want to talk about markets first and memes after? Yes. <laughs> or... <laughs> I think okay. probably markets first, memes memes second. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we've seen single digit increases in the three assets that you mentioned: um, that gold, oil, and Bitcoin. I believe the one that increased the most in price was actually Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. physical gold blown the fuck out. That would be because uh, a Nagiri cloud also crossed paths with a golden triangle at yeah. the same time as this rocket fell from the sky. Most, yeah, mostly it was because of like whatever TA Twitter said um, last Thursday, but then. What happened on last Friday would just sort of made like sped up what was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Because as you say, the Nagiri cloud or whatever. Yeah. So Donald Trump has brought the world to the brink of World War Three, and as a result, markets have had a thrown a bit of a tizz. Was we've seen what we would expect to happen. First and foremost, the price of oil has, has increased. Uh, from a price level that was already already um, pricing in a lot of. Um, turbulence around Iran to do with oil. 
So from that elevated price, we've seen a jump again. I think it's like single digits. I think it was about four percent was one of the numbers I saw quoted, mm. and it's obviously a result of the fact that people think there is likely going to be a restriction in supply in the coming months. Who knows, or, or years, maybe possibly as a result of sanctions, possibly as a result of like open warfare, who knows, but either way, drop in supply, hence a rise in price. That doesn't, um, so there are trade sanctions with Iran, so the relationship with Iran isn't going to affect the oil price, but my understanding is that a, a lot of the oil that North America imports, although it does it does export oil as well, yeah. um, they're through in Saudi export. Arabia. Yes, so that's, so there's a few things here, I think, um, one is that Iran's capacity... So you're right, Iran is subject to all different kinds of sanctions, um, a lot of which are aimed at reducing or removing its ability to export oil. Obviously, it's got huge oil reserves and it, it can power its economy based on those, probably alone. So that's a huge target for America and associated countries. And so they've tried in many different ways to stop um, Iran exporting oil. However, they have re- they, I think, first of all, loads of it, not loads, but there's always going to be some s- sold in the black market. They can export it over land to places like China, who are more than happy to buy it. And secondly, I believe that after the Iranian nuclear deal that Obama struck, probably the best thing he ever did, cooled tensions between the US and Iran. Part of that was they said to Iran, if you stop enriching uranium, we'll allow, we will um, reduce our opposition to the sale of Iranian oil to other markets. So that would that was the trade-off. And I think that people are worried that that deal, and they were right to worry because that deal, Iran have sent, after this strike, Iran have said, oh, we're not, we forget all that. We're not doing, we're not complying with any of that. So I guess... People are expecting sanctions to be more actively pursued against Iran, limiting their ability to sell it abroad. Uh, it's almost like a secondary impact on oil for the Americans because Iran aren't—they're uh, not going to be able to trade their oil as freely. Well, that's that's one thing, but you you rightly mentioned that um, Saudi Arabia is basically the other player in this. They are obviously a huge exporter, but what we've seen, what I was referring to, like what was causing tensions um, prior to this latest reckless gambit is the fact that the Iranians, well, it's believed, it's alleged that it was the Iranians who have been attacking and damaging Saudi oil infrastructure and tankers that have been passing through the Strait of Khurits or Khumits or whatever it is. So they think that obviously um, the Iranians are, have like sworn to avenge this to their dying day, right. the assassination of this general to their dying day. So they think that Saudi Arabian oil facilities are likely to be very high on the list to be targeted. So their capacity to supply oil might diminish as well. So I think it's those two factors mostly. Although the situation is quite negative um, from an oil perspective, it does give impetus to the rest of the world to stop relying on it so much yes for the love of god yes i think it's an, i think the a lot of the middle eastern countries um are already starting to recognize that their economies are extreme like ridiculously de- are dependent on oil to a ridiculous degree mm. and so now they're and they know it won't go on forever so they're starting to or they have been 
attempting to diversify into yeah. different things. Like, let's make Dubai like a, a tourist attraction, stuff yeah. like that. They're investing in all kinds of mental stuff in some of the Arab Emirates, for instance. So I think that they recognize that, it, that there is a coming problem with their um, inability to sustain their economy forever based on oil. But also, yeah, I, but I think that can be offset as well somewhat in the sense that um, if there was no oil, the, it would reduce to some degree all this squabbling over the Middle East. Now, personally, I don't think that oil has ever been the primary driver of um, conflict in the Middle East, but it certainly plays its role. And if the oil wasn't there, it would, things would probably be a bit uh, somewhat quieter. So, yeah, it could, could go either way. So we've spoken about oil. We now need to come to the two types of gold. <laughs> Physical gold and digital gold. I'd actually prefer to talk about digital gold first, Ken. Oh, okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, then refer to physical gold. Zuma gold, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Zuma gold and Boomer gold. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the hilarious things when I was reading all the articles on this is that every single one of the crypto articles referred to digital gold as that and first. That's the primary form of gold in these people's <laughs> minds is the digital version or the Zuma version. Uh, yeah, so we I think we saw, what, a 7% bump in the price of um, Bitcoin as a result of this activity. As I mentioned, it's higher than, it's higher than the um, price rise in either of the other two assets, but which, you know, you might think at first glance would be TFO <laughs> Boomer Gold, but you've got to remember that it's a there's a much, much, much larger market cap, so you would expect a larger price rise in an asset that has a smaller market cap. Yeah, but we saw, we did we did see, I think it was about a 7% jump in the price of Bitcoin, and I don't think anyone can deny, deny apart from the TA addicts of crypto Twitter, that it's related to um, heightened global instability so i think it does lend slight credence to the fact that bitcoin is seen at least by some people um as a uh safe haven i don't know even as i say it i feel like it's sketchy ground calling bitcoin a safe haven asset sounds pretty ludicrous but it does seem like it's being viewed by at least some people as a place to put money when there's uh, in, international uh, global unrest I guess you could say and then yeah finally um, Boomer Gold also got a bump maybe, I think it was about 5% which is again pretty standard stuff during times of instability you, you would expect that and we saw the, uh, we also saw a corresponding um, flight into US treasuries as well so basically all the safe havens will be in uh, investors are moving money into all the safe havens exactly as you would expect a dip in the supply of oil bump the price of oil and finally um zuma gold <laughs> got its uh just uh boost in market cap during the same period as well so we also saw claims coming from iran that bitcoin was trading at a huge premium do you want to possibly debunk these, Mr. Prince? That you're absolutely right, Ken. So this is the same effect that we talked about when there were reports that, but I think Bitcoin was tra- trading at eighteen thousand dollars in Zimbabwe, and it's it's just a um, foreign exchange effect. So once you take into account the fact that 
the official exchange rate of the Iranian real, real, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, is very different to what the um, what people are actually willing to exchange it for against the US dollar in the open market, you come to find that the price of Bitcoin is actually trading at almost identical almost identical to the rest of the world after taking that into account, which is exactly the same phenomenon that we saw in Zimbabwe. Like, what was it? I think it was a while ago now, maybe... I think it was probably near the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> no. So yeah, at least 90-some episodes ago. Yes, quite. My, how time flies. So yeah, if you're thinking about smuggling a, smuggling your private key into Iran, it's not worth it, big guy. Financially, maybe. But maybe you want to go and help out the guys on the ground. Great, know? great point, P-Money. Hold tight, our one listener in Iran. Hold yeah. very tight. Hope Although, doing, maybe he's not well. changing in the world. Maybe it was Soleimani. Yeah. Well, we won't know until this episode goes out if we've still got a listener. Oh, room. mate, if that if that light blinks out, <laughs> I don't know what That'll be do. a dark day. I'm not sure I'd make it to 100 if that was the case. No. Oh. Kraken in more hot water as requests from law enforcement are on the up. More people sending their ill-gotten gains to Kraken to get rid of it. I assume because the UI is terrible, they assume that it's... A pretty shady outfit. (laughs) We heard last week that a couple of Canadian vagabonds immediately sold their stolen Bitcoin on... Well, attempted to sell their stolen Bitcoin on Kraken. But Kraken were not playing ball. They are happy to help out law enforcement. Are we happy about this, that they're complying with them? Or is it just the name of the game nowadays? I think it it might be the latter, Ken. I feel like all the exchanges are going to be... If they were, sorry, mate. I feel like it might be the latter, Ken. I think that if all the exchanges were displaying as much transparency as Kraken has recently, I think we'd find a very similar story across the board. Perhaps not to the same extent as Kraken, but there'd definitely be an increase in regulatory scrutiny of exchanges. In a snapshot from their 2019 transparency report, they have released to the public the fact that in 2019, they received 710 requests of these requests from regulators, which is up from 39 in 2015. So pretty, uh, at least something's growing in uh, crypto, Ken. One thing I found pretty hilarious is that another another gem they released, and what and what almost certainly must be a troll, twenty eight percent of twenty eight percent of the requests that they received from regulators were non valid, so they did not meet local legal requirements and or our internal law enforcement production policy. So. No donuts for you, lads. You messed up the old info request, or 28% of them, which is a pr- pretty ludicrously high number. Because I can't think Kraken's internal law enforcement production policy is up to much. So, yeah, a bit of a balls up there, lads. They did mention in the tweet about this that, quote-unquote, Team America still ahead with 61% <laughs> of total requests, down from 66% last year. Other geos gaining fast, trend is obvious. 
costs are incre- costs are increasing even in a relatively flat market. I think they did actually mention in a more detailed explanation of this that the UK regime has been upping their um, the, that the number of requests that they make to crypto exchanges as well. So mm. the crackdown continues. From one exchange playing fast and loose with law enforcement to another with literal brainlets, we have Binance introducing leverage trading for XRP. XRP, the standard fam, will undoubtedly be doing their absolute bollocks going long on XRP. Yeah, I mean, this has got absolute disaster written all over it, Ken. I'm sure that won't come as any surprise to you, but... As badly as I want to be pro pro Binance at absolutely any opportunity, I feel like this might be my limit, Ken. They finally gone too far. I'm gonna once you've said your piece, I'm gonna give you another nugget of information that I think is gonna firmly nail the coffin shut on CZ. Wow, woo lad, that sounds like is it's... it hair related? Yes. Oh god. <laughs> oh, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> It's some meme about his centre part in or something. No. <laughs> okay. Um, see, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've been a bit harsh because, let's face it, Binance turn every one of their ideas into absolute gold in crypto in a way that absolutely defies logic or reason. But I do think that offering a Ripple Tether pair that you can leverage up to 75 times is something that will end poorly for the majority of the people that traded let's put it that way that said as a bnb holder probably might earn a bit more fees from it so maybe i shouldn't really maybe i shouldn't complain did notice that um in his justification for this cz said they're offering this pair to professional traders who are seeking out the most efficient ways to trade very quickly both in terms of cost and performance which i'm not buying ken because how many um, institutional traders are really looking to take a leverage position in Ripple? I promised you that I would give you another nugget of information that may make you detest CZ more. I feel like detest is a strong word here, Ken. Um, actually, this is kind of a gimmick that I think you might be into. Okay. Um, and that's no comment on your hair. I think you have lovely <laughs> hair. <laughs> uh, and that is CZ admitted today that he cuts his own hair. <laughs> What a legend. I thought you'd be into that. Absolute legend. And his reasoning is um, he doesn't think it's a good time investment getting a haircut. Wow. It takes an hour to go into the shop, but then it takes him five minutes to cut his own hair. And he doesn't give a shit what it looks like. But I feel like as a billionaire, he could get someone to come around his house rather than. While he's at the desk. Yeah. Yeah. And not only not go out for an hour, but also spend the five minutes, like save the five minutes yep. he currently spends cutting his own hair yes. by paying someone else to cut it. True. And also, I don't believe it only takes him five minutes to cut his own hair. He's it's, got... I don't know. He probably has one of those um, things that just shaves. Has he got... Let's take the clippers with one hand. Has he got hair that short, though? Yeah, he's got really short hair. Does he? And it does. If, if, you, if you're going for a one-level cut... I think he's just mm. going to go for a clipper all over, Yeah, is what he'd go a for. One, a one-length all over. Zero shaping. Yeah. I can fully get on board. I can't. Why? Because it <laughs> looks course, disgusting. Of course No, no, can't. no. Not about the look, but about the... It's, it's the, all about the look, though, but, but, but if you are accepting that you're going to have one length of hair, cutting it yourself is fine. I'm looking at a picture of CZ now, and I can confirm he does cut his own hair. 
Yeah, you can <laughs> really tell when you know. But it's not. It's honestly not that bad. But just saying, it's pretty CZ, dreadful, mate. <laughs> it looks like uh, one, like a one, one level all over. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd throw yourself out a window before you left the house, looking like that. Kind. That's correct. But you know, for us mere mortals of the hair world, that's all right. You know, it's not the end of the world if you walk out, walk but, outside looking like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Bezos cuts his own hair, <laughs> or Steve Jobs cut his own hair. I would. I really would. Steve well, Jobs, he's got, got like a number one or a number half. I think it's less than that, isn't it? Yeah, I still feel like the time cost is still pretty high for a billionaire to take like but 10, they shave? 10 minutes They to must shave their, their own face. Well, there you go. There's another mm. 10 minutes they can have. Yeah. Under the Maybe I should be a life coach for billionaires. <laughs> maybe I should shave billionaires. Nice. Nice little side business. Apparently, uh, apparently Floyd Mayweather has his own personal barber, despite being bald. <laughs> And you, and you it's wonder, a lot of effort to be this that old. doesn't surprise me what <laughs> it doesn't no it really doesn't I mean you wonder why he has problems yeah. with the IRS yeah yeah true yeah I mean the man literally hires two private planes whenever he flies anywhere mm. why one for him and one for his luggage <laughs> yeah I mean it's just it's just got it's just got problems like, yeah. is that no one, for real yeah what's he bringing with him I don't know cash money like, yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's funny Although depressing. Yeah, the man is just so bad with money. Uh, that brings us to the end of the news, listener. Let us move on to the Prince's Spice Corner. Something big happened this week, didn't it? You're Mr. right, Ken. So it's pretty obvious what the topic's going to be. And it's equally obvious that it's going to be a depressing Scoville Corner this week, I'm afraid, Ken. So we all saw what happened... Donald Trump blew up some guy who was a hero of the Iranian people, and it's all gone to shit ever since. And just, well, not justifiably so, but it was to be expected that everything that's happened since has happened, and it's all bad news, I'm afraid. So what I found particularly interesting about this is the fact that, and the thing that isn't really, hasn't been mentioned a lot, but thrown in there, here and there, is that the... um, Prime Minister of Iraq is on record saying that the reason Soleimani was in Iraq when he got killed was that he was, was that the Iraqi Prime Minister had been asked to mediate a tension, a uh, reduction in tensions between Saudi Arabia and Iran by Donald Trump. So yeah. it was kind of like a... So he orchestrated getting him into yeah. Iraqi airspace, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, it looks that way. Again, I don't know. So I believe that the Iraqi PM is on record saying this. Yeah. And if that's the case, I mean, that is pretty mental. And the, ma- the thing that makes me think that it is true is the reaction of the Iraqis after this happened. So obviously we've seen the Iranian reaction and I think everyone like that's completely to be expected. They've all said that like revenge until the death of us. Apparently there are all the there were there were millions of people literally in the streets in Iran for the general's funeral. So many in fact that there was a stampede and like 40 people died at one of the one of the many like many gatherings apparently there were like half a dozen cities all through Iran that have held these like processions for him, millions of people in attendance collectively. It looked to me like there easily could have been over a million people attended his funeral. 
that's just my number but you literally couldn't they couldn't film all the people that went there in a helicopter um what else oh yeah we've already seen um rockets flying into the green zone and um there have been various like attacks in other parts of africa that on u.s i believe maybe not an embassy but some other u.s asset in africa all of which people are speculating is a reaction to this but that's all pretty much to be expected now like they are going to kick right off about this what I think it was much less expected and is something that sh- a lot more attention should be paid to is the fact that uh, the vote that the Iraqi parliament took after this happened. So they apparently there are 325 seats in the Iraqi parliament and there was a motion or a law put to the vote there like right after this happened because the Iraqis were clearly absolutely incensed about this. And they, the law was to evict all U.S. troops from Iraq. So, pretty big deal. And it went to a vote, 325 seats in the parliament. Only 180 people with a seat turned up to vote. And long story short, every single one of them voted for the Americans to GTFO. It, this passed 180 to zero. Obviously, like the the remaining, so it passed mm. unanimously. The question being, why did the other people not show up? And it's basically because they were the they are Kurdish members of the parliament and they are Sunni Muslim members of the parliament, and not not a single one of them wanted to show up and be seen to vote against this. It right. would be so unpopular um, to be seen to do that. So, so they, were so they like, supported it, but they were they were con- they were cautious about being seen to support it. Uh, other way around so they pro- like they they i feel like they were more it was more say like tulsi gabbard in the impeachment vote against trump she just didn't vote right so she probably she probably leaned towards impeachment but she was like well i'm not really cool with the process i don't think we should impeach on political lines so i'm just i abstain from this vote okay and that's like a symbolic thing to say i'm not really trump's biggest fan but i'm also not going to play yeah. i'll play along in a procedure that i don't agree with and i feel like that was the same yeah. thing for all these iraqi but parliamentarians even- they were like well we can't like this is kicked off so badly that we can't really vote against mm. the americans getting the fuck out of iraq but um we also like we're not going to vote alongside um our political enemies basically so that's pretty major and the statement that came out along with it was on along the lines of like okay um well we know we know how many like difficulties we face in future if we don't have america's assistance going forward but we still want you to get the fuck out so they have like btfo'd the americans from iraq which is like pretty significant i feel and the cope about this from um like the secretary of state in america has been like well this is this is not this is non-binding this was like a non-binding um vote that they held in the iraqi parliament what he he left out is that the way the iraqi government operates means that no vote in parliament is binding they have some sort of executive branch of their government that takes what the parliament votes on and then like you know makes it law or not is my understanding so this is no less significant than any other vote they would have yeah so they really have been btfo'd here and we've seen trump saying things like now he's like threatening the iraqis saying they need to pay they need to pay america back for the built like the air base that we built there and he's threatening sanctions against iraq 
This is like the country that America went in to liberate, to, you know, to spread democracy to. This is so, becoming such a shit show so rapidly that, I don't know, it just seems like a mistake on absolutely all fronts by Trump. So he really balls this one up. And also, he has forged, uh, he's forged a much, much stronger alliance between Iran and Iraq now. Because they, while they, I think it, w- it was like, I don't know, I don't know how many decades ago it was, but at one point they fought a war with each mm. other, bloody war, and they haven't been on good terms ever since. But um, Iranian influence has slowly been growing in the, in the Middle East over the last, like, 15 years or so, and that has obviously upset all the usual suspects. Hence, this constant drive for... Um, American war with Iran, basically, but this and and you know that this strike was one part of that, but it's completely backfired because um, Iraq and Iran seem like they're going to be closer than ever now, and that's that's surely that's extremely counterproductive if you're on the side that wants um, the U.S., who's ostensibly allied with Iraq, to attack Iran. And uh, Iraq have basically BTFO the Americans say we'd rather be allied with Iran than we would you after this egregious like act of war basically so it's a bad move by uh by old neocon don i'm afraid he really balls this one up the people that support him will be buoyed by his show of strength it's certainly not gonna hurt in an election year right i'm not i i think this could go either way i think typically like for instance, after after Baghdadi Al Baghdadi was killed, the leader of ISIS, I think that was absolutely golden for Trump because he's someone that's just so universally yeah. reviled, and it was like the U.S. SEALs were chasing him down a tunnel with like literally like special force uh, dogs that like <laughs> fucking charged him down, and he cowered in a corner and blew himself up with a bomb rather than facing American justice. That's like picture perfect. After that happened. I think he was like absolutely set. I think you know um, one thing about elections is that Americans almost always re-elect incumbents. So I think he was a strong favorite to be re-elected anyway. After he killed Baghdadi, I was like, okay, yeah, he's just based not a lock, but he's got really, really, really good shot of getting re-elected. I'm, I don't know. This feel, this doesn't feel like a win, even with his own base. But did he do this for re-election? Is that why you? Th- is that what you think his motivation was? No, I think it was more of a dick waving thing because right. there was apparently there was some Iranian official tweeted something about you know there's been this constant back and forth on Twitter mm. and war of words and I, I haven't even read the tweet but I heard there's there was some specific tweet about how from one of the Mullers or something where they basically said to Trump, oh, well, words to the effect of, nothing you can really do to us anyway, big guy. So, you know, I'd stop with all this posturing against, you know, the people's Islamic Republic or whatever. And I think that might have been the final straw. That might have been the thing that where where Trump was like, oh, well, I'll show you what exactly what I can do. Uh, yeah, so I get the sense it was much more dick-waving than electioneering because I feel like he yeah. he's already in a pretty good spot for the election previous to that. And the cope from his supporters, like the diehards who mm. who will never criticize Trump under any circumstances, literally nothing Trump could ever do to um, draw their ire. Like, it's been really weak stuff. Like, I don't know, it's just, just I don't feel like anyone on the fence is going to be convinced that this yeah. is a good thing by all the, like, shitty cope that's coming from, from um, I don't know, people like, it, people that are in Turning Point USA, those kind of people. 
and there's also been a lot of stuff that I feel is going to turn off the um, turn off the normie, turn off the fencer, turn them away from voting for Trump in the coming election, such as this. Let me pull this little tweet up that I had to bookmark this because it's pretty mental. It's a it's a political commentator. He's not huge. He's not got a huge following or anything on Twitter, but he's got his own um, got his own podcast, and it's conservative news and commentary. And he's a register. He's also a registered lobbyist. Guy called Jack Berkman on Twitter. Don't go and harass him or anything like that. I'm not, dude. Please don't do that. But he went for um, let's do to Tehran what we did to Dresden. Light it up and burn it down. Let's make Tehran a memory. Like, this is mental. Mm. What would possibly possess you to say that? I just hope that I don't have to go and die in a war in the Middle East mm. because of you-know-who. You can be a conscientious objector. I'm coming to terms with I probably would have to be. I mean, realistically, we're never going to get to a situation nowadays where conscription actually occurs unless an alien force invades the Earth. I think that's the only time you would ever actually realistically see conscription nowadays. I've uh, I've played enough FPS games now that I know that I would die very quickly. <laughs> so I'm not going to war. Yeah, mate, these zoomers are lethal. My clay My- pigeon shooting skills will not translate <laughs> to a war zone. Mate, keep it down. You could get drafted yeah. first if they found out about, about you behind the 12 cage, mate. Yeah. I think that's enough spice for one evening. Mate, I'm all spiced out. Yeah. I'm going to go drink some milk myself as I try and get over the first episode of Crypto Weekly in this joyous year 2020. That's the other thing that pissed me off is the timing of it. It was right at the start of the new year. He's just put a right terrible taste in my mouth. On what is a great year to say as well. 2020? 2020. 2020 gang. Exactly. 2020. And a leap year as well. It's got so much going for it already. Yeah. Uh... And Trump leaves us with a sour taste in our mouth for another 364 days. Yeah, I guess it's all up here from... All uphill from here, right, Ken? Do you mean downhill? No, because we're at the bottom and it's only going to get better. Oh, it's right? only going to get worse, you mean? Yeah. I've always disagreed with this with this phraseology because... Oh, I see what you mean. When I say it's all downhill from here, they, they mean that in a negative context. But actually, downhill is better. Mm. You don't have to put any as much effort in to get up. Oh, so... Uh, okay, but the convention is uphill would be better, right? No, no. I think the convention is down... It's all downhill from here. There's no ah. uphill... There's no uphill equivalent. I see. Okay. Oh, well. It's all going to get better from here, right, Ken? Yeah. Thanks, oh, mate. and also it was 4D chess to get America out of Iraq. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> he had, he anticipated was, this vote from yeah. the Iraqi parliament. Yeah, it was 11-dimensional underwater backgammon to get us out of the Middle East, wasn't it, Ken? Yeah, very good. Using the Iraqi democracy that America placed there in the first place <laughs> to get thrown out. Yeah. Thank you for coming to listen, listener, in your house, bus, place of work, wherever you are right now. I implore you to head over to coinhq.tv and check it out, but mainly check out the Crypto Weekly section of that. <laughs> uh, and we will be linking to that area on our various Twitters over the coming weeks and months and possibly years. I've been joined in the studio tonight by the Geordie Prince. Good night, Geordie Prince. Good night, Crypto Ken. Please follow me on Twitter at HRHGeordieP. That's at HRHGEORDIEP. Many thanks and hold tight, CoinHQ. Good night, P Money. Good night, Ken. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. P Money. 
Um, and is it at CoinHQ underscore? Yes. Nailed it. Nice. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> Good night, Crypto Beak, wherever you are. I hope you get better soon. You can follow him at Crypto underscore Beak on Twitter. Good night, Bitcoin Buble, up in the north. Cuddle up tight under that electric blanket you presumably have <laughs> in the frozen wastelands. You can follow him at Bitcoin underscore Buble. Correct. On Twitter. I have been your host, Crypto Ken. Follow me on Twitter at CryptoKenCan. And one final handle for you is Crypto Weekly Podcast at Crypto Weekly Pod. We've been Crypto Weekly. You have been informed for the first time in 2020, listener. Thank you. Good night.